0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95.
1: It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. And time for us to get the latest on what's happening in the world of arts and entertainment. With Said Said, arts and culture reporter from the national Halawalla.
0: Hey, how are you doing?
1: So good to have you, Said. We catch up with you every week on a Thursday, but today you are en route to Rabat because you are on your way to Morocco's annual music festival, Moazine, and there are some huge names coming out this year.
0: Yeah, that's right. So on the way now for a long flight, you know, to the other, yeah, to um, you know, to the capital of Morocco, Rabat. Indeed, this is one of my favorite events of the year, the Moazine Music Festival. Um, it is held in Rabat every year, and it's basically um scattered all across the city. So. Uh, for, for over eight days you get a chance to not only hear some really good music but you get to go around the city as well and kind of you know and really appreciate this. what I think is a, one of the more underrated cities in the Arab world
1: This is so interesting because this is actually the 18th edition I know you love this you go every single year it is uh, happening from the 21st to the 29th of June uh, but man do they have some massive acts coming out uh The Black Eyed Peas?
0: Yes, yes, that's right. I mean, the Maazin Music Festival, um, it defines itself by it's a very um, far-reaching and expansive program. I mean, this is really a world music festival in its best sense. There's multiple stages and each stage caters to a different style of music. So you have a stage dedicated, you know, to Arabic, Middle Eastern. You have a stage dedicated to Western style artists. You have a stage dedicated to kind of more theater and and dance, there's an African music stage as well. So basically for over a week, you get get to sample everything. And when it comes to the Black Eyed Peas, that's right they're um, part of a number of big international pop stars performing in the um, in the western stage and that includes them includes Travis Scott yes um, the rapper who will be coming to the UAE later in the year to perform as part of WWE Formula One so it's a chance to kind of see you know what UAE fans should expect when he comes here in November um, as well as that there is um, there's other rapper um, future there's Jay Balvin who's kind of an up-and-coming Spanish pop star, people say he's the next Enrique slash Ricky Martin. Huge. Let's see about that. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of things happening there.
1: Yeah, David Guetta as well, who is uh, going to be out here. Uh, we're going to get to David Guetta in just a minute because, you know, you did a fantastic interview with him, which we are going to discuss. Uh, but an, an unbelievable lineup over this many days. Like you said, lots of different stages. Uh, but also, the, the, the Arab uh the arab world's biggest stars are also going to be there said
0: Yes, that's right, and I mean for the Arab stars, Mouazine is a very, very important festival. I mean, um, Morocco's pretty far when it comes to, I mean, um, to the Arabic touring world. Mm. So for yeah, so for fans, for, so for Moroccan fans of Arabic pop music, this is really the event um, to go see. And one thing that one thing that I didn't mention, Sally, is that this event um, basically eighty percent of tickets are for free.
1: You're kidding. You know, so,
0: yeah, so, so basically the, all general admission tickets are for free. You only pay for, I guess, what you would classify as, as Golden circuit or VIP tickets. And it's for this reason that most of these concerts get about 30,000 to 40,000 people.
1: That is so, epic. That's yeah, huge. Yeah.
0: And, and when it comes to the Arabic stage, there's always an average of 30,000 people attending. So, for the, so it's almost like a gift, you know, to the wow. people of the city. So going to what you're discussing about the Arabic stage we're told um, you know the stage will be led um, by the UAE's very own Hussein Al Jasmi yes he's going to be leading the bill that also includes Najwa Karam um um, um, um uh, Carol Asi yes Asif Carol, uh, yeah, Carol
1: Samaha Muhammad so, Asaf it, is going to be there <laughs> Elisa the list goes on Walid Tawfiq, um, uh, Diana Karazan as well there is just an unbelievable uh, lineup of uh, of artists who are coming out
0: yeah, that's right. So yeah, so for yeah, so for many, so so for many people, this is a really um, the week to be. I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a very festive season, a holiday week. People are looking forward is- to it. Every night there's something huge, and it really kind of brings the city together. Which, what all good cultural festivals should do.
1: It's just amazing. Like if you. Uh, You know, okay. we talked about the big uh, names in Western music and dance, music, pop, you know, hip hop, everything. They're all out there. But you've also got all of these Arab artists as well. And if it's free, man, what an opportunity to just really expand your horizons in music and just experience something different. Because we know when Arabs perform, it is it is a party like no other. Right.
0: Exactly, and you know and that's just as well I mean as well as the you know the Arab world benefiting, this is a great tourism draw card mm. I mean I mean if you're going to travel to Rabat any time during the year this is the time to do it you know you have a great city, amazing culture, and free concerts for for you know for eight nine days that's amazing.
1: Incredible! You know, you, you've been to Morocco every year for this. Uh, what would you say, you know, for those who are maybe going to Rabat for the first time, going to Morocco for the first time, what would be your guide for them? Side, what would be your tips?
0: Well, the thing about Morocco that you um th- that I realize is that you know this each city has its own flavor; it has its own vibe. Mm. So you know, so Casablanca is very different than, say, um, Rabat. I mean, Rabat has a very. I mean, I mean, Rabat is a royal city. I mean, you know, the royal family is you know is ba- um is, ba- is based there. So it has this kind of you know this you know very kind of. um Organized, kind of royal air. Everything is very French, even you know. So it has a kind of very different vibe. While Casablanca, you know, it's kind of your hustle and bustle, nitty gritty city. And then if you go to Essaouira, which is like five six hours right on the other side, that's kind of like a you know, like a beach hippie town. You know, so, so every so every place kind of has its own vibe. So I guess you know the way to do it is just to kind of understand that, and you know, just enjoy having your perceptions confounded.
1: Mm. Well, this is fantastic. You know, if if the tickets are free... Uh, you know for the most part and just getting out there. Do you know what I just realized? There's like um there's like an African stage and Kamazi Washington is gonna be playing. This is ridiculous.
0: That's, that's right. Stop. And Kamazi knows that the national's looking for him so we're gonna have a discussion. Oh. I look forward to chatting to you about that. Oh, uh, man. Inshallah next week.
1: Oh that would be incredible. I need to talk to you about Kamazi <laughs> Washington. Uh you know if you get a chance to sit down with him. What an epic superstar in the world of jazz just incredible incredible man Um, we are going to be going to a break we are going to be uh, hearing a little bit of Kamazi Washington right now and we're going to come back to your interview with the one and only David Guetta
0: Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Moussa. Only on Pulse 95.
1: Welcome back to Life Beats and our weekly update on everything, arts and entertainment with Saeed Saeed from the National. Now, Said, you got to sit down with the one and only David Guetta recently, ahead of his Moazin appearance, and he had. A lot to say about how he's decided to live a very different life from what you would expect from a superstar DJ like him.
0: Well, you know, DJs need to relax as well. So, um... It, it was funny because the, because I mean the interview with David Guetta wasn't kind of it's not like you know the normal time where you meet an artist normally mm. when an artist we, we chat to them you know they're about to play a show in the city or they just released an album David Guetta just came to the UAE to chill wow. literally that was it you know so they so and he wanted to chill and he wanted to chat so you know so we <laughs> met him you know yeah so we met him you know at this you know um, very luxurious hotel uh, in this suite. And basically he was just taking it easy and relaxing because um, uh, like in in, in a couple of days from now, he's gonna perform in front of 50,000 people in Morocco. So, you know, that's heavy duty work. So yeah, and in this interview, you know, we discussed, you know, we had a really cool discussion about his far-aging career. And the interesting thing that he said is that basically the secret to his longevity is, um, you know, is being healthy. You know, and that's the thing. A lot of the time, we associate, you know, as we know, DJs with this kind of fast, moving hedonistic lifestyle. And you know, to be like David Guetta, fifty-one years old, at the top of his game, touring, you know, mercilessly around the world, you need to be
1: healthy. He's fifty-one. I can't believe that. Uh, he looks incredible. He's, you know, he's looking fresh and, you know, just really happy and just, like you said, really relaxed. But, you know, to take us into that world, Saeed, because, you know, yes, we get to enjoy his music. We love it. Uh, but what does it take to be a DJ who is playing in front of 50,000 people? And, um, you know, maybe he used to do that a lot more often than he does now, you know, choosing to take a bit of time out and not to be on such a grinding schedule. Take us into that world.
0: Well, the thing is, the, the, I mean, the EDM scene has kind of changed you know over the last you know, three decades you know I mean and it's and the thing because like David Getup you know began you know back you know in like in the early 90s he was kind of I guess one of the godfathers in terms of yeah. setting up events in Paris for wow. house music and back then you know EDM, was, I mean, EDM wasn't even a thing you know it was just basically all about weekend parties and everything like that but then as the music became you know more popular and it captured you know the imagination you know um, um, of, of this generation then the the big festivals came then the super clubs came and now djs are playing you know everywhere every week there's no off there's no off season so because you know if it's you know if it's a summer in what i mean once you know i mean basically if it's winter here there's summer in another part of the world yep. so djs what they do is they, they essentially chase the sun Wow! You know, so, and essentially, uh, you know, so they're always working, and this is what David Guetta says: we don't have an off switch, you know, when it comes, you know, um, when it comes to touring, and this is the reason why there's a high degree, you know, of burnout mm. when it comes to DJs, and this is why Guetta said um, he had to kind of slow down, rearrange you know, his priorities, and he did admit to living a hard parking lifestyle, but now in order for him to continue doing what he does, that means going to the gym three days a week. That, mm. means, cutting on, that means cutting down on the carbs. <laughs> yes. Sounds yeah. like a lot
1: of us, you know, DJs are human too.
0: <laughs> That's right. No Red Bull. It's all about the green tea now, the,
1: Right. <laughs> this is the thing. You know, he's, he's big on green tea, as we <laughs> see in your interview. Uh, but let's take a listen now, uh, Said, uh, to a little clip from your interview with him and, and what he feels like. He's achieved and wants to achieve through his music.
2: To the pop community, I think I made dance music not be a dirty word. My entire life, I always wanted to bring people together, you know, bring different cultures together, uh, bring uh, different types of music together. My biggest success was probably I Got a Fitting, and that record... Bringing urban culture together with dance music, you know. Um, some of the records were bringing dance culture with with uh, pop, and you know, this is this is what I want to do. I want
0: to bring people together.
1: I love that so much, and, and that's exactly what his music does, uh, Said.
0: Yeah, and yeah, and you know, and at the same, and that's essentially, basically, he was laying out, you know, his ethos. In terms of his career, and it's also as well a, a response to, I guess there's some segments of the dance music community who bristle at his popularity. Mm-hmm. You know, the kind of view that you know, Getter's music is not is, is more pop than dance music. He's a so-called sellout or whatever. You know, whatever. Because that he's crossed term over, exactly. You know, and yeah, but forgetter, as he was saying in that, you know, in that quote, so eloquently. He never, you know, he never, it, 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 um, he doesn't really care about that. His whole thing is about making people, you know, better. I mean, in the interview, because I asked him, I said, I asked him about his legacy. I mean, I mean, is it, I asked him whether his legacy is making pop music, you know, not a dirty word to dance fans. Mm. He said, no, my legacy would be making, um, uh, you know, making dance music, not a dirty word to fans of pop music, you know so Amazing. you know so so the way that he kind of views this thing is really you know really interesting.
1: Mm, it is super interesting. The full interview is of course, on the national website. you people can check it out right now. Uh, and I love that so much. You also asked him about his latest collaboration with Ray.
0: Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, Bray, really wonderful young up and coming um, singer, songwriter, really kind of wonderful, sultry jazz vocal. I love that she's oh, yeah.
1: Ghanaian British.
0: Yeah, you know, so. Um, so basically, you know, it, it all happened by accident, you know, like, he, he, basically, he basically kind of ran into her, you know, in the studio, um, you know, in Los Angeles, you know, Geta's there working on his beat, you know, on, on this beat that became the song Stay and there was Ray recording her own thing, you know, Ray came over to the studio, popped in and said hello, introduced herself to Geta and then, you know, and then she basically heard what Geta was doing and she kind of sang to it.
1: Fantastic. And that
0: began the collaboration and Geta was saying this is the kind of things that he likes to do the most. It is songs like Ray, I Got the Feeling with Black Eyed Peas. All these kind of songs kind of grew organically.
1: Yes, yes. And she is a very talented as he says, uh, singer, songwriter and we're going to take a listen to that song right now. And uh, coming up next we are going to be talking about the birthday of one of the greatest music legends of all time. We are celebrating today.
2: You don't even have to try No other lips can make me cry But there is something about the way you look Something from my heart you took tonight And I don't mind And I want this, tell me if you want this, baby, do you want this? Uh Uh-huh Baby, when you got this, let me in a tank top, I can make it topless, uh-huh. And you want to try me, baby, will you try me if you want to cop this, uh-huh. Don't go away, don't go away, don't go away. Stay, don't go away, don't go away. I need you, baby. Stay, don't go away. I love the taste, so stay the same, mom. Babe, i save a place for you. I got a place for two. Don't go away, don't go away. I need you to Stay, a lot of people here tonight. But I don't need them in my life There is something about this chemistry So go on, take the rest of me, alright? And I don't mind Stay! And I want this, tell me if you want this, baby, do you want this? Uh-huh Baby, when you got this, love me in a tank top, I can make it topless, uh-huh And you wanna try me, baby, will you try me if you wanna cup this? Uh-huh don't
0: Listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95.
2: 95.
1: It is Life Beats on Pulse 95. And today is a very special day as today we celebrate the 70th birthday of one of the greatest music legends of all time. The man who took us dancing on the ceiling, Saeed. Lionel Richie.
0: Yes, that's right. Today's a great day for pop music. Any fan. <laughs> You know, who likes music that makes him happy Or who likes a melody You know, I mean, you owe, a lot of it is kind of owed you know, To one of the great you know, um, pop singer-songwriters Certainly, you know, um, of, of all time And that's Lionel Richie Happy birthday to the great man
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely epic But to celebrate his 70th You have gone and written possibly The world's most epic article All about Lionel Richie 70 facts to celebrate his 70th
0: The whole point of this article is for people to read it all night long. (laughs) That's what the whole point off this piece basically i want i went on a deep dive you know into lionel richie's world over the last two weeks that includes listening to many of his cds the hits and the misses as well as trolling through many of his interviews that he did you know dating back to some scandinavian channel in 1982 you know to to something that's happening recently to dig up 70 facts that are interesting and quirky and and things that perhaps you didn't know.
1: This is really cool. This is really cool. And there are so many of them. Can I just start with one? Just, I don't, you know, there are quite a few that just really caught my eye. Uh, But the, (laughs) the, well, we're going to talk about the music in a minute. But the fact that he was Nelson Mandela's stylist when he came to the US in 1990?
0: That's right, and that was a request straight from the great Madiba, um, great Af- late African leader Nelson Mandela. Mandela was quoted as saying, "You know, like he was, um, he listened to Lionel Richie while he was imprisoned in Robben Island, and it was kind, of, you know, and it was, you know, and you know, it was Lionel Richie's music, as amongst many others, you know, that kind of, you know, you know, gave some gave some sunshine." You know, to, um, to and into his stay in you know in that dark period for him. Wow. So basically, when he came out, you know, obviously he needed to catch up with Lionel. And Lionel, like many other artists, you know, we're talking about Stevie Wonder, you know, Mick Jagger, so many people that are kind of you know in awe of Nelson Mandela. So when Mandela came out to the states, he realized that he has been away. From you know, from the scene for more than twenty years. So he, so he said, I had no idea of what works fashion-wise, and at that, and at that period, Lionel Richie, you know, was kind of, for better or worse, viewed as a fashionista. <laughs> and,
1: that's incredible. And, he really was. In nineteen ninety, yeah. you can say that for sure.
0: Yeah, that's right. And Richie took it upon himself to make sure that when Mandela arrives in the US for a state visit it'll be in the best possible clothes
1: mm, that's just amazing I mean there are so many fantastic facts about him and his music the fact that he still cannot read music he just he learned everything by ear from his grandmother
0: yes that's right I mean he um, one of his early, one of his earliest recollections he says is watching his grandmother Play the piano, you know, and you know, um, you know, by you know, by hand, because her mother as well kind of studied it by hand. So he said he remembered, you know, watching her just her hand movements, you know, her left and right hand doing different things, and it is from there that kind of, you know, he began, um, you know, um, learning the piano, and then he eventually learned to play the saxophone. I mean, he entered the band, the Commodores, before before he was a big solo star. He was part of the funk group, the Commodores. He was a saxophonist as well as the lead vocalist.
1: He was too shy he was he had to be convinced to 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 go into lead vocals.
0: And this stems down from another fact that I mentioned in the article that he was, I guess, for better, um, for lack of a better term, diagnosed by his teachers as being overtly sensitive. Mm. <laughs> so, That's in incredible. an interview, in an interview, um, he say he called how his teacher told his parents, you know that you know that your kid is very very sensitive, <laughs> and, and that kind of comes down, you know, with you know, um, um, with him being super shy.
1: Incredible. I mean, you know, obviously he is uh, responsible for some of the most recognized, most beautiful ballads as well. And it just makes perfect sense, right? Endless Love, uh, you know, uh, Hello, of course, which he is so well known for. But what I love is Hello was a joke to begin with.
0: Yes, that's right. So Hello began uh, as as a little joke he shared with the producer of the song, Jesse Carmichael. Michael's looking for Richie Richie pops in and says hello is it me you're looking for <laughs> My, and he says you know what we can actually work with that it's just <laughs> and, crazy and you know and it's not the first time that happened as well I mean another fact in that piece is that one of one of the Commodores his biggest hit it's first number one hit was actually three times a lady mm, if you remember that song yep. now that song was it's almost like a waltz Yes. It's very different to the, to the big funk workouts that the Commodores are used to. So Richie wrote that song originally for Frank Sinatra.
1: Incredible. You no,
0: know, he, he wanted Frank Sinatra to sing this song, but Carmichael, the producer, said, no, I don't think so. This is a great song and we're going to use it. And that became, you know, the Commodores' first number one hit.
1: Unbelievable! The, uh, I just everybody has to read this article because there is stuff that is going to make your jaw drop. Stuff about you know all of uh, his collaborations, uh, the the Grammys that he's won. He won an Oscar as well for uh, for "Endless Love." I think it was. That's right.
0: That's right. And more importantly, more than the music. Um, Lina Richie also. Ah, sorry. Say You big... Say
1: Me. That was the song. Yeah,
0: exactly. For Say You Say Me, and that was for the film White Night. Yes. So, yeah, the, the dance film. But more, but, you know, forget the music, forget the films. More importantly, for me anyway, is that Lina Richie is a very big fan of carrot cake and oatmeal cookies. <laughs>
1: Do you know the our old... <laughs> very own Aisha El-Mazmi who loves oatmeal cookies and has convinced me time and time again that they are epic? She's going to love that fact.
0: She's in very good, you know, she's in very good company. You know, Lionel Richie is also a fussy eater. He avoids crabs and mussels at all times. (laughs) He's also an avid collector of fireplaces.
1: This one really got me. I'm like, (laughs) wait, stop. Like, okay, so he loves, okay, so... This is really interesting because I'm reading your article and, you know, you talk about how he wrote Easy, right? That Mm. amazing, gorgeous song. Easy Like Sunday Morning is a classic, right? Mm. And he wrote that because of, you know, the grind of being on the road and stuff. So he loves being at home. I get that. He's got his own homewares line and all of this stuff. He loves it. You can buy Lionel
0: Richie towels from online, definitely.
1: (laughs) Right. So, but then when you said to me, wait, he collects fireplace, I'm like... What do you mean he collects how how does he take them from one place and where does he put them
0: I think he has a I think he has a massive storage facility I mean in that interview where he mentioned that he collects fireplaces. He, basically, the quote was, I'm a very big fan of design. I'm addicted to design magazines and I collect fireplaces.
1: That's just incredible. I, I yeah. need to see the collection.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to be rich so I can kind of collect chimneys. <laughs> <You
1: know>. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. You have
0: to have something to look forward to.
1: You do, you do. But, oh, my goodness, there is so much in this article. We cannot go, go through the whole thing. Uh, of course, uh, you know, he was responsible for writing We Are the World with Michael Jackson. He's, he's collaborated with some of the world's biggest artists of course. He's a legend. He is yeah, a legend. That's right.
0: And that's the thing. I mean as I mean as 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 much as we know him as an amazing singer He's also an amazing songwriter. Yes. And, you know, and you know, and especially now in today's pop world, where a lot of the big hits is written by a committee, by seven or eight people, like in a boardroom. Mm-hmm. You know, Lionel Richie comes from that old school approach, where you know he wrote the material himself, he wrote the lyrics himself. So you know, so in a way, you know, it, it, such talent these days is sadly getting rare. So we have to kind of celebrate those that still do that.
1: I love, I love, I'm an Iraqi and I love that, and and to be honest with you, I had to ask people around, you know, in the the studios today, I had to ask them about Lionel Richie songs and they didn't really know them as well as I did, which shocked me. I just remember growing up to them when I was little, you know, my parents would play them all the time and you tell me in this article, Iraqis are huge, huge fans and as well, I didn't know this... uh, Lionel Messi's parents (laughs) named him after the pop star.
0: That's right, and Lionel Richie is still trying to get his parents to come to a gig. Oh my God! So Lionel Richie's parents—I mean Lionel Messi's parents—have to have a standing invitation wow. to see a Lionel Richie concert oh in Argentina. Oh my Incredible! So,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I just—I I, everybody has to go to the website today. It is up today in celebration of Lionel Richie. I have to thank you so much, Said, for not only everything that you bring to the show, but for just writing this article because it is a joy to read. Everybody has to read it. Go through every single 70 facts uh, to celebrate. Thank you so much, Saïd.
0: Absolutely and, and if any families Or music lovers Get bored Use that um, Those facts And create your very own Lionel Richie quiz
1: <laughs> I love it We're going to let you go We're going to catch up with you Hopefully next week From Moazine And uh, we're going to Take it out Celebrating the one and only Lionel Richie With Dancing on the Ceiling
0: From 10 a.m.